Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brownie Points Guide to Cinema Star Wars Film Series Recap. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this week, we finish off the original prequel trilogy with... Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. All right, everybody, welcome to our exclusive coverage of the Star Wars film franchise. As we said in the beginning, this week's episode is the end of the prequel trilogy, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, our final film with Hayden Christensen, so we can finally move on from him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nick, I'll let you start off with this first, since you've been more kind to the prequel films than I have. Uh, What did you think giving Episode 3 a reappraisal? Uh, again, this is actually probably the prequel I've seen the most. So I I, I was looking at trivia through most of it. And the thing that's funny is a lot of it was just talking about like the original cut was four hours. Um, and they did like this one, this one, like there was alternate parts of the movie, but it was really just like additions to the beginning, how the cartoon series clone wars affected this movie and, uh, stuff like that. There wasn't a ton of like really interesting trivia for it. Um, this one, I really like, uh, compared to the other ones, um, especially attack of the clones, but I'm trying to find, Phantom Menace, I gave a half pan. And honestly, I would give this one a half. I would still only give this one a half pan, but I'd, it's like it's a higher half pan. Um, it's almost like it's a half pan of brownies with nuts in it, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a half pan. It's a half pan, but like it still has something in it that makes it better than that other half pan. Um <laughs> So it's almost like, honestly, it's almost like I'm actually bringing up the three-quarter pan rating again. Um, but yeah, this one, this one I liked. This one I felt like it didn't forget what Star Wars was. Um, but at the same time, it suffers a lot from George's too involved in it. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of it. Um, I've, I actually used to watch it quite a bit in high school. Um, and it came out when we were in sixth grade. So for some reason, there was like a big chunk of time where I didn't really pay attention to it. And then my senior year of high school, I love this movie for some reason. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I think it's, I think it is clearly the best of the prequel trilogy. Um, but at the same time, that's not much of an accomplishment, uh, when you really think about it, like that's like that's like going, we went undefeated in this three-game stretch, but you played the three worst teams in the division. <laughs> I So, yeah. I think this movie actually holds up pretty, pretty dang well. Um, I'm going to give this movie um, a full pan. And honestly, I was very close to giving it sprinkles. Uh Honestly, it was Hayden. Wow. Yeah, it was honestly Hayden and Natalie, the only reasons why I didn't give it sprinkles. (laughs) 
Ooh, okay. You actually did remind me of like the one interesting trivia piece I found. And the reason it's interesting is like since the first time I saw this movie, I thought something was weird about this scene. Um, the scene where Natalie and Hayden are in uh, Natalie's apartment and they have the it's because I'm so in love with you scene, like right after he gets back to Coruscant. Um, when they have that scene, for some reason, I've always thought, like, Hayden, I was like, Hayden looks a little different, but, like, Natalie's head looks weird to me in that scene. Something about her facial structure, <laughs> like, I, no, 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 like, what I'm getting at is, like, her hair doesn't look like it's coming off the same way. Like, something really looks off in that scene. That scene was a reshoot addition because they they added it to help with the flow of the movie because it was going to be too jarring to go from the scene before it to the scene after it. They added that scene in there. And watching this is when I found out that that was a reshoot because, like, literally since sixth grade until I watched this week, I was like, dude, something looks really weird about that scene. I did, which specific scene was that again? So it's when they're like, no, it's because when she's like, I want to have the baby back on Naboo out by the lake. And then he's like, it's because I'm so in love with you. And she goes, so love has blinded you. And he goes, no, that's not what I'm saying. And then, and then mm -hmm, like just the scene where like their really terrible love dialogue is driven up to a million. Like it's honestly, it is the worst love dialogue uh, scene in this movie, but it's only like the fifth worst one from like Attack of the Clones. Oh yeah, no, it's that's how bad the dialogue is in Attack of the Clones. That this movie's worst dialogue scene still barely cracks the top five of dialogue scenes in that movie. Oh no, for sure. Like that was to to finish my hot take on it. Like I, again, again to drive home the fact from last week that George can't write love dialogue. A terrible love dialogue scene in that movie was ad-libbed because he said, "quote I can't get it right. You got it doesn't feel natural." God. Yeah, like I'm saying, like they're the only reason I don't give this movie sprinkles. Like not to harp on them. We will harp on them more in a minute. Um I honestly, honestly I thought feel like this is the movie where that... you could really harp on Natalie Portman because, man, it it's so bad. I, like, I don't know if she had gotten tired of hearing it for two movies about how bad she was acting, but, man, it's bad in this movie. Oh, yeah. No, she's – I mean, I don't see a drastic bit of improvement, if any, from either Hayden or her – be in this film at all she's like as as sad as it's supposed to be like annie you're breaking my heart like i don't buy that like like this like just the beginning scenes where she's like she's like annie i have i have some news i'm pregnant yeah like I, I I don't know it it just seems so weird and I will I will say uh Hayden I, I did notice in this movie Hayden's acting gets really like he has scenes where like it is like he's just 
talking his lines and then they went all right that's the take we're using like i really think after the after the takes where it's like that he might have went like no really i can improve it they're like nah forget it it's lunchtime dude the absolute worst for me with hayden was um not like not a natalie portman scene like i'm not including this but one of his worst not natalie portman scenes was when he was yelling at mace windu and was going like, no, he must stand trial. He has to live. Like, no, nah, dude, the worst line delivery by Hayden Christensen in this movie is with Natalie Portman, but it's not a love thing or a, a love scene. It's the it's the scene where she goes, Obi-Wan has told me terrible things. And he says, I swear to God, this is how he says it. What things? It's like, who says any of those words like that? And it's only two. Like, you have a two-word sentence, and I don't understand. Like, you have a two-word sentence. You can't – there's no room that you can screw that up, and you still screwed it up. Oh, dude, and right after that, you sent her to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like you're still alone. You sent her to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Put me. <laughs> she's alive. I feel her. Man, I will. I will say this. I. I. You are kind of right. His acting when it's bad is really bad. But I don't. I. I don't find him insufferable in these movies. Oh, because I do see scenes where it is okay. He's not. He. he this. I, I, the scene. This completely silent scene after. Um. Mace Windu's like, go wait in the Jedi chambers, and uh, uh, he's sitting there, and like it's the silent scene of like him and Natalie staring at each other from across the city, and they've got the ominous music playing, and it's really sad, and like they both start crying. I thought that was well acted. I like so it's so, hard. To, it's hard to act with your face. There's so many single tear shots of him in this movie. Holy crap. It's the sexy cry, bro. Also, I'm pretty sure I saw something where I think they said he put on 24 pounds of muscle for this movie. Like the scene where he gets up and he's not wearing a shirt. I'm like, dude, Darth Vader was apple jacked as a guy in his 20s. (laughs) I've never heard apple jacked. (laughs) You've never heard apple jacked? No. (laughs) Oh, I think I heard it on Tosh.0. I say it all the time. Um, oh my! But, oh my God, dude, he was so he was so freaking buff in this movie. Sure, I was I'll, like, okay. are you gonna stab him with your lightsaber with the blade out, or are you just gonna turn it off and just ram the hilt through their chest? Okay, I, I was, my mom used to tell me the the cliche like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Like, I thought you were I about to say, say your mom. Your mom used to tell you that you didn't need big muscles to get women or something. No. <laughs> I was, I was like, this is a really weird time to start talking about your muscles, Dan. <laughs> Dan, the motion of the ocean. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my No. What I, <laughs> what I was going to say was that, yes... Hayden Christensen clearly did dedicate uh, himself physically to the role. Like, he dedicated himself better than the guy that played Iron Fist in the Netflix show did. 
Um, So you at least did better than that terrible Netflix show. But um, (laughs) I I don't want to spend the rest of this hour just ragging on him because I do actually have a lot of positive things to say about this movie. Because he has other things to complain about. (laughs) No, no, I have other positives I have. Like the visual effects in, in this movie, like right when I started watching this movie, I texted you that, holy crap. I, there it, it it boggles my mind that this there movie is came a out huge jump yeah it it's amazing to me that in three years between episode two and three that the visual effects got this much better like well this this came out in 2005 and wasn't like oh five oh six around the time that we started seeing the first hd tvs um, a lot of a lot of TV channels were starting to switch over to HD. Yeah, right there in like the mid to kind of late thousands. Yeah. So, so this was right at the time where we started having a definition, like a a definition jump uh, for viewing. So this. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that there was only a three year gap, but this came right at the start of where we started having incredibly cr- clear pictures. But not just not just that, just oh my god, like the green screening is so much better. The ships look amazing. The CGI characters look so much better. The um the I mean this is more children. of a directing standpoint, like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um uh, George Lucas still as a director, I wanna say strictly as a visual director, like taking page and making it into an image. He didn't do a bad job with this film at all. Like, he actually did a yeah. pretty phenomenal job directing this movie. I, like, every George image in can, this film George is... Really can, George really can direct visuals. He cannot direct actors. No, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's good with actors in any way, because he's awful with them. But um, I'm actually going to pull up the cinematographer. Um, I don't have it right in front of me. But, um... Whoever he had for his cinematographer for this film, I'm not convinced was the cinematographer in either of the other films. Because there was such a yeah. fit, striking difference between the way this film looked and the way that episode two and one did. And from and probably like with that blend of the visual effects with it too, just I don't know what happened. I, I did at, see uh, I did see something where they were talking about the I saw something where they talked about the color palette for this movie was based off of paintings that from an artist that he really liked. And uh, I did notice uh, uh, this movie takes a lot more place uh, at sunset and at night, um, a lot more than any of the other prequels. And yeah, the movie uh, also like M- Mustafar is, you know, a very red and orange and yellow and black planet. Um, a lot of it ha- takes place at sunset or a lot of it is at night. A lot of stuff is burning. Um, the scenes, like during uh, Order uh, Order 66, um, the scenes where they jump around the planets, it's actually kind of jarring when you go to planets and it's not got that color palette. It kind of like jumps out to you that you're in a you're in a very different location. Yeah, the movie definitely really leaned into like the the end game. Let's say for. Um for this like this being like the end and like something tragic's going to happen. So are and, you like, saying are you saying that Darth Vader is like Thanos? I uh, he more Palpatine. Palpatine's so what you're more so like what Thanos. you're saying is Darth 
So what you're saying is Darth Vader was right also? No. And you're thinking of Palpatine because <laughs> Palpatine actually did Order 66. Um, can you can you imagine like can you imagine being like a clone trooper that actually got that order where like like you know how they're like like trained and programmed their entire lives and stuff like that and you know like at some point they're like there's no way we're ever going to do order 66 and then like you get execute order 66 you know one of them had to be like holy crap that's actually going to happen that's actually something i thought about because they talked about how they were like very subservient and uh will do whatever commands but they also have like human personalities like they actually uh, like you can have yeah, like actual like something... conversations with them but then they so, so abruptly just like that's something that gets explored in uh Star Wars the Clone Wars like the the 3D animated thing not not the 2D animated thing but like the like the Shrek type of animation style I, did, I get what um, you mean and by also... 3D <laughs> Well, no, no, no. I, I, I don't know how else to explain no, it. No, I, I get what you're saying. I didn't, I didn't think I was doing a very good job of explaining no, it. No, you're, you're um, fine. That just made me laugh a lot. <laughs> but in um, in in that cartoon, um, they have that. And then in uh, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, especially Battlefront 2, um, they really drive home – like. In Battlefront 2, they talk about there's a mission where you execute Order 66, and I think you kill uh, Plo Koon. You kill the the Jedi that was on the planet, like he was on that bridge and it was snowing. I think you actually have to kill that Jedi in that game. And they talk about like what it was like riding back on the spacecraft back to Coruscant after having done that. And he goes, no one talked, no one said anything. We all just stared at the floor knowing what we just did. And uh, in a lot of the cartoons and expanded universe, like you really hear about, um, it, it's funny because when they uh, when they introduce the clone troopers in episode two, they they introduce them as like fleshy battle droids, where it's yeah. like, yeah, they do the same thing as battle droids, but they're human beings, whereas the droids are just droids. But um, in a lot of the stuff after uh episode two uh and, and like you get hints of it in this one but in the stuff that goes way past episode two you really find out like they kind of uh are like uh like vietnam's the one where you really kind of first heard about like the war coming home with the troops uh but you've 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 heard about it you know and the wars that our generations had to had to endure uh like the war on terror you hear about the ptsd that the troops get when they come home um and this movie came out during you know those times but you really kind like star wars really kind of like no like it came home with the clone troopers like uh you hear about there one of the cartoons that has come out um they talk about how the uh like he he gets he I think he retires and he survives and he talks about like he can't move on with his life because he's so traumatized with everything that he went through in the war. Jeez, that sounds like a very drastic not dude. It's it it 
it, it, what's funny is Star Wars gets oddly deep with the clone troopers. Um, is that in canon? Anymore, I don't know. Because uh, I, I don't fully understand what everything Disney did. I, I consider it canon just because it's a Star Wars thing that existed at some point. Um, <laughs> but... No, really, like, I, I really do. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, under, like, to me it's canon. I don't know if Disney considers it canon, but to me it is canon. Right. I'm just, um, I'm just thinking, like, that just, how broad stroke that is then with, like, because I've heard before about, like, um, the films are, like, their own thing, and then the novels are all their own thing, and then the video games are just video games. They're just, they're video games. They don't add anything either way. And then, like, it's, I don't, I can't break down the whole thing, but basically I've heard, like, in, in summation, like a couple books get considered and a couple TV shows yeah, get considered. Yeah, that's but... that's the thing. Like, I don't know what is and isn't anymore because <laughs> Disney got really weirdly specific. Yeah, I, I I I saw a whole YouTube video about it, but I stopped like halfway through because I was just like, oh, my God, I'm literally never going to see or read or do half of this crap that's not considered canon. So I'm just going to stick with the movies yeah. like, <laughs> well. So, something uh, kind of back to like the the clone troopers having you know lives and personalities of their own. Um, something that I find interesting uh, is like the time jump from this movie to episode three. I think it's like nineteen years. Whoa, wait, between um, two and three? I'm sorry, between three and four. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna um, I was gonna say two and three is only like five years. <laughs> uh, but I I, th- I think it's somewhere around like nineteen years. Yeah, and or something like that but what i find interesting is that is the amount of time like if you were a stormtrooper you're either dead or retired at this point or at the point that the fourth movie starts so i find it interesting that like if you really think about it no clone trooper or stormtrooper would still be like active duty um at the time where the next one takes place so like you wouldn't like you it doesn't really happen in the movies because you don't really hear stormtroopers talk a whole lot in the movies. But like in like the video games and books and stuff like that uh, and comics, you wouldn't really have stormtroopers that remember the times with the Jedi. So it would make sense that they would hate like Jedi and stuff like that in like episodes four, five, and six. Right. Because they they didn't know them. They just heard what they were told, and what they were told was from like the Emperor. So of course the Emperor's gonna be like they were the devil. Yeah, they tried to overthrow my government, and they left me scarred and looking like a really decrepit ball bag. And <laughs> I was going to say, they left me looking like a really pale nutsack. Dude, I was – one thing, not to completely – Well, one, one, one interesting thing too, and I've never heard a straight answer to it speaking of what happens to the emperor, is I, I've never heard a straight answer of whether that was his true form and – he was able to hide it and the, and but because of the the force lightning bouncing back it it just destroyed his his uh disguise or that the force lightning bouncing back at him forced his skin to end up looking like that because of the the damage the lightning did to him i've never heard a straight answer and i, I kind of want to know what you think happened i think that because we never had a clear shot of his face like outside of his nose in the first two films i think he yeah. actually like became deformed because of the force lightning i don't think that was his true form i think he really was scarred i i think it was his true form 
just because of the because of the Darth Plagueis, the wise thing, where he talks about he was able to cheat death and he was able to manipulate midichlorians, uh, you know, to affect essentially cells in a human being. So I think that was him. Like, I think that was his true form. And then once he's like, all right, screw it. I got the most powerful Jedi in the universe on my side as my apprentice. And I've got this plan to overthrow everything. I don't need, and I can use this for sympathy points. I don't even need to try and hide anymore. Well, then how come he didn't necessarily, like, if the dark side could do all this from just lifting up a pencil to literally fixing death, like, why did they... Why did they have to put Vader in the suit then? Like, why? I that that, that opens the, a whole. The thing that's funny, the thing that's funny, is that suit. Again, this goes back to expanding universe stuff. That suit actually was made to like torment Darth Vader. Why would he build a suit to torment him? Uh, because the Sith uh get their power from uh anger and pain and suffering he that it's constantly doing that to darth vader to make him more powerful he already rubbed salt in his wound though by telling him that he killed padme and but okay so so that's that's an interesting point because the suit like it's so uncomfortable and loud for darth vader that he could never sleep the couple times he would fall asleep he would dream of padme so like Oh my god, I can't fall asleep. This is so angry, and it like just makes him angry all the time. And it gives him, and it, for the Sith, it gives him more power. And then uh, when he does sleep, he's reminded of why he's Darth Vader because it's Padme. So just that endless vicious cycle. That's actually a really, yeah. really interesting point. Like it's see. It, I so thought... here's the thing. It's a really interesting point. It's also stupid, but <laughs> it's stupidly interesting. <laughs> Like, I will admit, it's pretty flawed, and there's a lot of dumb stuff that goes along with it, but, like, it it is interesting. Like, um, it's it's also, like, it's supposed to be clunky, it's supposed to be painful, um, but the Emperor was so mad with, you know, Darth Vader for screwing up that it's there to be like, dude, F you. Like, was he that angry, Deal though? with this. Who, Palpatine? Yeah. He didn't seem that like, angry. He seemed more – it seemed like he was actually, like, concerned about, like, getting him back to health. And, like, it didn't seem like he was, like, that mad that he didn't beat Obi-Wan. But, I mean – I mean, I mean, dude, he's – Palpatine's a dick. So – Well, yeah, he's, manip- like, he's manipulative, but it didn't seem like that he yeah. was, like, that actually, like, outwardly mad at him since he still took over the I think whole – I think it was both. But, like, the stuff I've seen that, like, explains his suit explains, like, he was he was upset with Darth Vader for not – for not uh, succeeding in his mission. Well, it's not like but, it ruined his whole plan, um, though. One, one thing I did see in the trivia that was interesting was it was a very recent interview with one of the people that was like a producer for this movie. Maybe it was a producer, writer, director, or, or visual effects artist. I don't remember who. But the scene where the, the mask goes on and you hear like a long pause between heartbeat heartbeats, um, they, the guy was explaining, he goes, we did that on purpose because you can hear Padme's heart beating and then it cuts to uh, you can hear Anakin's heart beating and then there's that long pause and it shows and it's supposed to indicate Padme dies and Anakin dies 
And then that long pause, the Darth Vader suit kicks in and Padme stays dead, but Darth Vader is now born. And I was like, kind of heavy handed with the symbolism, but I do think that's a really neat detail. I didn't notice the heartbeat aspect of that, but I did notice that like I I thought I could hear him just breathing and then I noticed that pause to then go, and you saw like yeah. that little bit of like the fog like blow in front of his mouth too. I love that. Effect, oh my god! By the way. I don't know. I don't know if they just were like breathe through the grates or something, but like I loved that effect. Oh, I also when it every time I see that movie, I love. I it. noticed a little subtle thing like that too when he killed Dooku in the beginning, and then the score stops being a score, and it sounded like all the violins in the string section just kind of went just at the same time and yeah. oh my god that was so creepy yeah like i liked um speaking of the speaking of the dooku thing i liked uh the way that he cuts off his hands um because you know everyone talks about in the prequel trilogy how like how rehearsed the lightsaber battles look and and some people are like it's really cool because of all the effort that goes into it and then other people will go it's not cool because it doesn't look like a fight it just looks like a dance that leads with someone dying and i i side with it looks cool just because of the effort that goes into it yeah it doesn't look maybe it doesn't look natural but i i like the effort that goes into it yeah it can get overblown in the in the prequel trilogy but I, I'm um, going to agree with you, too. Yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. But the one thing the one thing I like in the Dooku fight uh, is I've started laughing when it happened. And at first was when he goes, I sense much fear in you, Skywalker. You have hate. You have anger, but you don't use them. And I was like, have you watched any lightsaber fight he's had since he started doing them? He's angry all the time. Like, do you not remember him the, charging at you and just going, Larry, do, do you not remember when you cut his hand off in the last movie? He was pretty mad when he said, no, I'm taking him now. That's um, like the one, and then, that's like the one uh, emotion that he actually has other than love. Like when he sees that's, Padme. That's like the one thing he does in these movies is he's just pissed off all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like he's the Hulk of Jedi. Um, yeah, except he kind of <laughs> sucks at fighting. <laughs> Anakin kill younglings like <laughs> um but no when uh when when it's Anakin fighting Dooku in this one it's not really that choreographed and I like how heavy Anakin's swings feel in this um like the end fight yeah they're, uh, they're pretty the one thing I saw about the end fight is that they didn't speed it up really like they're like no they practiced it so much they could pull it off with that speed and intensity that well that they didn't have to speed much up. But with Dooku, when he fights Dooku, man, his swings, like, it feels like he's swinging an axe a lot well, it's, in that one. He was right. Like, he was so much more powerful than the last time they met. Yeah. Like, and you could tell that, like, he was on a mission this time. And, like, Dooku oh, didn't yeah. realize how outmatched he was going to be. And that, he but, was basically set up to die then so Anakin could replace the scene, him. The scene where he cuts off his hands, I, I, I feel really weird just being like this one specific move, but I really did like the the maneuver of where he like cuts it, he sweep and like really quickly sweeps one hand around and just uh, slices up with his other lightsaber and then uses the force to catch it and put him in the, in like a guillotine. Yeah. Um, I I thought that maneuver with the the hand sweep was really cool. No, that was and like that's one thing like. 
I want to, I think narratively, I'm thinking now, like, in the broader sense of the whole story, like, I love, like, seeing in these past three weeks how intricate this plan of Palpatine's actually was to see it come to fruition in this film. Like, just all the little subtle things, like, not really so much in the first one, but... Well, I would say not even really so much in the second one. Well, no, in the second one, he does talk to Anakin a couple times, and you do see this whole conspiracy and mystery playing out through his puppet of Count Dooku, and all these things that all perfectly dominoed right into plan, all the way up to, in this film, he set up Dooku, he let Dooku get killed because he saw what was in Anakin. He perfectly manipulated in the long run of these, like, 15 years watching the Republic just crumble itself from the inside and elect him chancellor to then become dictator. And then he sets up the Jedi to be like the, uh, like an overthrowing coup and then kills all them because all the stormtroopers listen to him because presumably he created them in the first place under the alias of a Jedi yeah. that's been dead for God knows how long. Like, yeah, I and plus his performance in general, um, Oh my God! What was his name? I'm pulling it up right now because I want to give him name credit. Uh, uh, Ian McDermott. Who? Oh, oh yeah, Ian McDermott. Oh yeah. my God! I actually like have been blown away these past three weeks of how actually great he is at Palpatine. Like I, yeah. I he. Well, he was he was Palpatine and uh and Jedi too. Yeah, he was. He's been Palpatine the whole time, and really, like, there's a reason that he's. Nah, been... well, the only the only time he wasn't was in was in episode. Uh, in Empire, I think, I think they used an old woman in his voice, and then I think they just like when they, because that was another piece of trivia for this movie. Uh, they was when they filmed the Empire Strikes Back because they and for the Blu-ray release, um, they put in Ian McDermott, um, so they recorded that scene during this movie. Uh, for the Blu-ray release of uh, Empire, but or maybe it was the DVD. I don't know, but um, he's he's really good in his role. And the thing that's funny about that is I don't remember him doing anything other than this role for any movie ever. Oh, I you're... don't remember seeing him in any movie. Yeah, no, you're right. I never knew that before. He's not in Episode Four. He's only in the 2004 DVD, and he's uncredited on Five. And then he is the emperor in episode six. I didn't realize yeah. that. I wow. And and the thing that's funny talking about him being in episode six is like thinking thinking back to like episode six when he's like, and I'm afraid that your friends will find that this battle station is fully armed and operational when they arrive. And you see like the weird acting he does in that movie, <laughs> and then you see the. Oh, power scene in this one i'm like yeah it's the same dude <laughs> dude okay i actually really liked uh his performance basically in the whole film except specifically right after that when he stands up and he is dragging every line like dude, what's, what's weird is that's another that's another reason I think that's like his true form because he looks like he's finally like oh I can just relax it feels so good not to put up that front anymore 
Dude, he sounds. And then he's like, "Oh crap! Wait, Anakin's still here." He sounds like he's getting a massage the whole time, just like, "Oh, right there in my neck." Just like, dude, you can. He sounds like he's he's he sounds like he's constipated. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Outside of like that specific moment when he can't deliver any line uh, faster than five seconds, like I love him in the rest of this movie, like. I think he's. I, I think he's great. The one thing I don't like, I, like I don't like that he does, is when he gives Darth Vader his name of Vader. He goes, "You shall be known as Darth," and then like his eyes roll up, so you can tell he's thinking, and he's like, "Uh, Vader." Like, <laughs> that's the effort you put into his name, dude. All the, like all the Sith Lord names suck, though. Like. Darth Maul's honestly. Yeah, Darth Darth Maul isn't that bad. Maul's a dumb name. Dooku and Darth Tyrannus, whatever the heck we're supposed to call him, both of those names are kind of dumb. Uh, I don't know. It was Darth Tyrannus and Count Dooku. Yeah, I don't like either of those names, and it makes me even more mad that they thought he deserved two names, and both of the names are kind of stupid. <laughs> well, that's the, something that I find interesting too is. Count Dooku in the prequel trilogy, Count Dooku's the one that appears twice because everyone loves Darth Maul and Count Dooku is just kind of like revered as being good. And it's like, wow, Count Dooku's the one that appears twice. Now, granted, uh, Christopher Lee's an amazing actor, but Uh, I I find it interesting that he's the one that appears twice and everyone's like always talks about how much more they wanted, like that, like when Count or Darth Maul dies, everyone's like, they kill the most interesting character in the prequel trilogy in the first movie. Yeah. Um, not quite to the same uh, outrage as a character that died in the Disney trilogy so suddenly, but um, yeah. I Since you brought it up, we've gone almost 40 minutes without talking about um, the big new villain that's only in this film, Grievous, dude. Uh I what did you think of Grievous? Like I think I think he was a pretty cool underutilized character too. I've I've always loved Grievous. So I I uh, between uh, episode two and episode three, Cartoon Network had like a uh, it was a fifteen minute episode series called Star Wars uh, Clone Wars. Yes, I have the DVD of this. I have the DVD of both like well quote unquote seasons of this show. I I need to buy that because I what we did is we actually recorded every single episode onto a, a DVD that I had as a kid, and when we moved to Lafayette, I lost it. Ah, uh, um, you keep talking. I'm gonna see. I, I'm gonna see how much it costs. I I love that cartoon series, but uh, I remember when he got introduced in that series when they had the one Jedi that looked like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, and just when he like that intro scene where he battles them and he's like dude literally is not even trying and he's slaughtering multiple jedi at once i was like holy crap this guy's unstoppable and uh i i like uh i i love him in this movie and i thought it like the cough thing like he coughs in this movie because if you watch the cartoon series when they when general grievous actually attacks coruscant uh, and kidnaps him. Mace Windu just crushes his chest thing, and he starts coughing. Yeah. Because uh, he essentially cracks all his ribs and hurts his lungs. But um, the th- the thing I I like in this movie, because I remember in the cartoon, I was like, dude, that guy's unstoppable. And I like that Obi Wan's able to beat him because he's like, okay, well, he's got four lightsabers. 
what if I don't try and kill him? What if I try and wound him and then he's easier to kill? I liked that, like, there is a strategy to beating him. It's not like Count Dooku where it's like, oh, let's just go after him. Like, no, they're like, uh, okay. His pattern is he just overwhelms everyone with all with having four lightsabers. And if he's not using a lightsaber, he's he can at least hold someone with an arm and then he attacks with a lightsaber. So what if I just make it so he doesn't have as many arms and then try and kill him? I like the strategy that they implement to, into killing him. I just think he was um... – I think he was a pretty interesting... It's a cool like, design, too. Yeah, I thought... I mean, part of the visual effects, like I was saying, look amazing. I thought Grievous looked amazing. Like, I'm, I'm glad it's, in the... Dude, it's... It's a really early Darth Vader suit, too. Because it's, it's yeah. organs and a brain and eyes inside a mechanical suit. That in itself is really fascinating, because, like, I 100% forgot that he was, a uh, He was like that. Like, when he started coughing... um. Part of me was just like, okay, here's one thing that plus I've also hated in all three of these movies is like the droids all – every android like having like little stupid quips and things like – I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I like, will say that about this movie is it, it actually made me really like annoyed watching it this time was in episode one, like they say Roger Roger. That's pretty much all the battle droids say. Yeah. Uh, other than like – He's like, we found these people over here, and he's like, they—they're not talking; they're reporting. And in episode two, they kind of start developing a personality, and then episode three, they got cartoonishly like goofy. Yeah. Like the super dude, the moment super battle droids talk in this movie, I was like, this is the stupidest change you could have done. No, I I agree. Like, and part of me, like, like I'm saying, like that already annoyed me. Like, right off the bat. Like, so then, when Grievous shows up, and I forgot that he was actually like, a, at least a mammal. I mean, he had a heart and a brain and all that. Like, he's not technically a droid. But I forgot that. So when he started coughing, I'm like, why on earth is an android sick? But then I re- recognize he had like actual eyes. He got a virus, Dan. <laughs> Uh, boo! Get out of here. <laughs> but then I, but then I recognized. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, then I saw he had like actual no. eyes, and I was like, oh, that's right, he's actually an actual like living thing. Dude, the detail in his eyes shot, where they like zoom in on his eyes, and he's got like gross chunks of, oh, of like mucus on his eye. Beautiful. I. I mean, gross, but yes, beautiful. Listeners, back to the droid thing about them about them developing personalities. Like, you don't need to give the battle droids personalities and make them charactery. You have that. You made the clone troopers. Yeah. Um, Like, you're trying to make the you're trying to make the battle droids lifelike. You did that by making the clone troopers. Yeah, I know that was something that absolutely ticked me off too. Like, since I brought that, since I managed to bring that up. I'm I'm glad we're never going to see droids talk like that again, like at least for the rest of this. <laughs> yeah. Cuz that really drove me up a wall through all three of this these films and I couldn't Except for Solo when that one is like oddly sexual for some reason. Oh, right. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's robot. Yeah. Uh yay. Um let's let's not dwell on that what yet. Did you, let's um, um since we've been going I, I will say this, we should we should talk about the the big controversial scene of the movie. Wait, which big controversial um, moment? the child murder scene what do you remember when that actually was like super younglings. controversial at the time because i don't remember i so uh 
my uncle Harold um, is a big star, or like a big uh, kind of like sci-fi, you know, he, he likes Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, and I remember when the movie came out, uh, we were talking about when we saw it in a theater and uh, we t- inevitably talked about this scene. And this did not happen at any screening I went to. I think I saw it. I think I saw it two times in theaters. I'm, I might have seen it three. I'm pretty sure it was only two, though. Um, but I remember in my screening, this did not happen, but he, he told me at his it did. Um, when Anakin walks in the room and the kid's like, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? And he ignites his lightsaber. He's like, dude, people started booing in his theater. And he's like, and a couple people got out, got up and left. Really? And yeah, like, and I like he I, kind of researching it a bit. I mean, I don't think it was like a super like normal occurrence or superly like abundant, but I do. I did see stuff where like that scene was like people are always like, did you really have to put that scene in there for us to get that he was evil? And to me, I, I will say this. I applaud the movie for not showing him like murder children. Oh, dear God, there's no way on earth they would have allowed that to happen. (laughs) But but what I'm getting at, though, is I will say this. I applaud the movie in showing us that his humanity's dead. Like, yeah, he really went in a room full of kids and he killed them. Yeah. Just to make sure the Jedi did not go, which uh, (laughs) to nitpick, you're in a temple full of very well-trained Jedi and your best bet at killing them went in a room to kill five-year-olds. Like, you couldn't have sent four clone troopers in there to take care of that. Like, these kids don't know what they're doing. Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe the, those those Jedi were more dangerous because they're so young they don't understand how to control their power. So maybe they just accidentally, like, let out too much force at once. But I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will say this uh, – I I am okay. I'm okay with the child murder scene. No. Um I but I, I like that <laughs> next, they did Next week they Nick put, defends why children should die. <laughs> <laughs> but um I'm I'm okay with that scene being in the movie because I I you know people are like it's too heavy-handed. We get it. He turns into Darth Vader, but you know Anakin says um He's like, I, I, I sense something in you, and Padme throughout this movie, after finding out about it, like when she's giving Chubber, she's like, Obi Wan, there's good in him. Like, there needs to be something that really drives home the dude is like the worst imaginable person, or the worst person imaginable. How do you do that? Have him slaughter kids that are looking to him for defense. I, I agree. I, I love that. You think that's the most well argued or the the most well worded argument for kid murder? Well, there's no, <laughs> there's not really a better way that you could word it. Like, you do need to show that he has gone fully to the dark side. Like, because he didn't technically kill Mace Windu, so unless you see him kill somebody like yeah. as important as Obi Wan, which he's not on the same planet with him, yeah, killing the kids makes sense. Like. Because there's no one else. Well, to, and, no one in the and, temple like, is as important. Think think about it too. Like, 
when uh when Yoda and Obi-Wan have the scene where uh they're getting ready to leave the Jedi temple and Yoda and Obi-Wan's like I need to see something and Yoda goes if only in, if into the security findings you go only pain you will find like what is the most devastating thing for them to find a recording of him slaughtering children is pretty devastating to be like wow we failed that bad dude the whole prequel trilogy is just if you want to surmise what happened to the Jedi and really, like, in a nutshell, explain why the Jedi Order fell. Oh, the prophecy was wrong? Wait, the prophecy was wrong about that? Wait, the prophecy was wrong about that? Wait, why didn't we see that coming? That's literally the entire prequel trilogy is just the Jedi well, realizing they're wrong. Like, and, and in the end, it, it ends up just being uh, misinterpreted. Where it's like, yeah, he restored order to the he, he restored balance to the order of the force, um, not in the way you would think. Misinterpret misinterpreted is just a fancy way of saying wrong. <laughs> I misinterpreted the rules. Um, <laughs> but I, the other thing too, like Obi Wan's acting in in the scene where he finds out that Anakin did it. I. I, I believe, uh, like the scene where he goes, it can't be, it can't be. That I actually think is the worst acting from Ewan McGregor in the prequel trilogy. But when he's talking with Yoda and uh, he says, send me to kill the Emperor, I cannot kill Anakin. I was like, yeah, I believe him. I don't think he thinks he can kill Anakin. Dude. Like, I, I really see a guy that is like, there's no way I can bring myself to do that. When he strikes down Anakin... I was so heartbroken for him, but Anakin's performance was so equally distracting in a bad way. Like they kind of counterbalance okay, each other. Let's let's talk about the Hayden Christensen thing in a second. But yeah, man, like, dude, when he's screaming at him, "You were the chosen one. You were my brother." Like, I really expected him to just be like, "What the f happened, man?" Like, no, even... why, why are we now looking at you having only one robotic arm, no ar- no other arm, no leg, and you're on fire? And why, why are we at this? And why are you We're, on the dark like, side? Yeah. Yeah. No, Ewan McGregor, and, like, and... in the entire last third of this movie is probably some of the best acting in all the prequels trilogy for sure. Just to agree with you there. His, a- his acting, the scene where he goes, Anakin's the father, isn't he? Like... Just the bluntness of that statement of like, uh, or like the bluntness of that statement, but the follow, but him following it up with "I'm so sorry," like he really like delivers that line in such a matter of fact of like, there's nothing I can do. I have to kill him. Like if I don't kill him, the galaxy's screwed. Like I'm sorry that we both love him and you maybe to a different extent loved him a little more, but like <laughs> I gotta kill him. Yeah, like it, it really it really comes across as like a guy who just watched their dog become rabid, and he's like, I gotta put Yeller down. Um, For sure, and that's what's so, and, and then, he sells that pain so much, but Anakin does not reciprocate like his point of view remotely close to how well Ewan sells his point of view. Well, here's the here's the thing with the point of view thing. If the prequels were written better. It would have worked. 
if they because... ca- if they casted someone else, it would have been better. Like even McGregor no, was delivering. No, 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 bad no, 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 no. This this was a this was another this is one of the other few interesting pieces of trivia I found. What that ever- originally <laughs> Anakin? Well, originally Anakin was going to have several more reasons to turn against the Jedi Order. Like in this, he's got like I want to save Padme, and I want more power. Or I, I'm afraid to lose Padme. I want more power. I feel disrespected by the Jedi Order. So that's really only like three. He was supposed to have like, a, not like a crazy amount, like not like 200, but like several good reasons to turn against them. So that line of, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. I, okay, this feels weird saying it, but like we know the Sith are evil, but... Man, if they were able to blur the line with the Jedi better in this movie, or in this trilogy, but especially in this movie, that line would work better. Um, also, if they were, if it was a lot, like, if their conversations were more human, um, yeah, it would have worked better. But like, like <laughs> one thing, one thing too, like they talked about, like, yeah, it was a late, it was a late cut, like, like I said, early cuts of the movie were like four hours. And later they trimmed it down to the like two hours and like 15 or two hours and 30 minutes that this movie is. And part of me thinks a lot of what was cut out was his other motivations for doing it. And I think if they would have left that in there, the issue they would have run across is, well, in four, five and six, it's pretty clear cut that the Jedi are supposed to be good. We can't muddy that up too much in this movie and then move into those movies and just completely ignore what we brought up. Yeah, this – no, there's no – So part of, part of me thinks that they were like, this movie's going to have to suffer a little bit for the other movies to not – like that – like like you can't let these movies that are already screw-ups screw up what you already did that was considered very good. Well, yeah, there wasn't really much more needed necessarily. They could just ride that his love for Padme is so strong that that's why he goes – to the dark side because he yeah. doesn't want her to die. Like that makes sense why he they, he would just ride on that so long. But yeah, for the rest yeah. of it, like how easily tricked and gullible he is with Palpatine. Like it's not it's not like it's out of nowhere though. It does like I like I was saying like Palpatine does do a great job between two and three. Like really subtly like earning Anakin's trust and twisting him and gaslighting him just enough that when it matters he ends up freeing him from mace window and throwing mace out the window like yeah that's what that's part of that's part of the power that's part of palpatine's performance that i think is so good it's not anakin that makes that revelation so strong though like you can't get me to say one good thing about hayden in this (laughs) i but i will i will say this i believe he feels like he's on fire uh but like i i felt the hate in the i hate you line I like I've heard people call it whiny and I know you're going to call it whiny and poorly acted. I genuinely felt the hatred in that the delivery of that line. Um yes, you're right. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> I could I was but, I was out of that scene the moment that uh he was like, "Well, I think that in my opinion, the Jedi are wrong." Like I was like, "Yeah, ah, okay." Like his his dialogue through the fight I think's bad, but like that moment i bought the the i hate you thing but um 
it's one thing that we brought up uh, we brought up in like our texting about the movie beforehand uh again this might surprise you we actually did we do show prep for this um as random as this whole show seems but the music for this movie is so devastating to listen to oh i it's really really good i agree this is probably up there with like this should be up there as like some of John Williams' best music. Like he compliments yeah. just the he compliments the dread and the um just everything falling apart. Like he he really it really does enhance the movie. Like like what you're talking about like we, we mentioned like the sadness, the dread, the overwhelming sad tone, but also um one scene that I really like again it's a terrible scene of him being a horrible person. But when uh, Anakin is Darth Vader arrives on Mustafar and he goes in the conference room and just slaughters a bunch of politicians uh, like the separatist politicians, um, the pure like unrivaled power and rage portrayed of through, through that character in that scene accompanied with that music is pretty awe-inspiring where like dude is just just slaughtering things left and right and then like at the end of the scene where the one battle droid the one laser you see get fired or one blaster you see get fired in that scene anakin doesn't even turn around he just puts his arm behind his back before the laser's even fired and his arms coming to rest as it's shot and he bounces the blaster back at the battle droid it's like man this is a pretty badass scene I I agree. I I also thought the music did exceptionally well with um the Order 66 sequence too. I loved that. Yeah. Like I mean it's really good at the end like while it t- while it rides that line between like this is a big emotional battle sequence but also this is two brothers fighting each other. Like it does phenomenal there too. Like there's no bad music in the movie but like I like that Yeah. I like that Order 66 like it's just somber I, I think, and it's defeated and it really does a great job at emphasizing of just like, oh my God, the Sith are actually going to win this. Like, holy crap, Palpatine just I, killed every Jedi. I think it got mentioned when we did the Metallica, uh, some kind of monster review, but um, I, I'm a big, obviously I'm a big heavy metal fan, but I mentioned classical music, I think in that review and that I do like uh, a lot of classical music because it is such an emotionally driven uh, type of music. And basically if you can convey very strong emotions, either happiness, sadness, anger, uh, depression, hap- uh, I think I said happiness, joy, uh, things like that. If you can convey very strong emotions in music, you know, I'm actually going to be interested in listening to it kind of regardless of genre. That's why I don't like a lot of pop, especially modern pop country, where it's so, you know, like paint by numbers. Um, but this movie, dude, the music is very, very incredibly emotional. And it it works really, really well. Yeah, I agree. Um I mean, uh, is there any other kind of point or topic in the film you want to talk about real quick? Like, since we're already pushing up the hour, we haven't mentioned the Darth Vader. No, it we ugh, it's bad. It's still bad. It's dumb. Have you? So y- you own the Blu-ray box set of all six movies, like I do, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Have you watched Return of the Jedi since getting it on that Blu-ray? Uh, if I did, it was a long time ago. Are you gonna talk? Are you you're, you're talking about how everybody shows up, including the Ghost Hayden? No. The scene where Darth Vader decides to throw Sidious down the pit. They ruined it. Oh, seriously. They put the episode three no in it. Oh, I totally. I'm not kidding you. I totally. They, I, they don't, like didn't remember that when he's looking back and forth. They decided to have uh, to bring in James Earl Jones to go. No. Ow. No. No. Like, like, look, man. I'm not one of those people that's like stop making alterations to to the to the original trilogy you're ruining them but like that honestly i was like dude you ruined that scene it worked it was so powerful because you didn't hear anything that's sad sometimes sometimes subtlety is your best friend george but um i didn't re- I, one thing, I definitely don't remember that i definitely am not looking forward to seeing that in a couple weeks <laughs> one thing that or the thing that i find funny about the the no thing is that feels very kylo renny and at the time that this movie came out, um, and you know the time that it, you know Dan and I formed opinions on the movie, Kylo Ren didn't exist. Um, but watching that, you know, I kind of thought of that as like the moment where uh, kind of like teenage, like what people call quote unquote teenage whiny Anakin died I was like that's the last time I saw something like that from him was that that scene in that movie um so I find it kind of interesting where like people talk about how like the prequel trilogy made Anakin like uh very immature overly childish and very whiny and I find it funny that like his first scene as Darth Vader is kind of the last time you see something like that from Darth Vader I can I can see See, here's my hot take on it. I can see on paper why he would scream no. Like, I can see why he would say everything that he said on paper. Yeah. It just come. It's just unintentionally funny. Like, that's the only real. I, that's like I was just like we. I was just joke. Yeah. I I could see, like the part where he's like, "You're lying. She was alive. I felt it." I could see more of like a just like a. Ah! yell and not a no but the no is what makes it funny and then well, also it's the fact that like this he is a has pretty dark talk... thought well as i was gonna say i had a pretty dark thought watching in this movie this time around where like so he said he wanted to be more powerful than any jedi but he mostly said i'm doing this to keep padme alive what's to keep him from just like taking his lightsaber lightsaber hilt pressing it against his forehead and just turning it on and killing himself um would he do you think he would kill himself over well i mean obviously he didn't but like (laughs) i don't know that's um four five six vader i don't think would uh the way they portray young anakin and like anakin in these movies pre-darth vader i think he might we see Darth Vader. I got hold on. If he doesn't do the lightsaber into his own chest or face, like that'd be funny to like see him go into like a bathroom crying and like he grabs a pill bottle and he just throws a bunch of pills at his mask and just realize, dang it! Like, 
Okay, you've you've seen the robot chicken where uh, Darth Vader like goes in the bathroom and flushes his cape down the toilet while he's trying to get used to his suit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that scene. That scene's exactly what you were just talking about. Where like he pushes this button and it just like makes roller skates come out of his boots. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, uh... there's also, Oh, one thing I will say, and I, I will make this my like closing, like, or the, this, my last thing I say other than like closing points. Um, there was also, it was a, uh, a cut scene that, no one's been able to find video of, so it's not really known if it was ever filmed. But there's a scene where after the Emperor becomes the Emperor, there's a scene where he supposedly sarcastically thanks Jar Jar for getting him his power. Oh, come on. I'm not kidding. Look it up on IMDb. That that scene supposedly was written. Oh, come on. I doubt that was filmed. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's not like no no video of it has come come to surface in the 14 years since this movie came out. So it's okay. not believed to have been filmed, but like maybe in the original script. Okay. Like, I saw I, thought you were so, saying... I saw that and I found it funny because everyone like there's the Sith Jar Jar theory that's come out. There's the one where people like you can just blame Jar Jar for the Empire happening, which uh, you can. Yeah. But there's also like the Sith Jar Jar theory. There's the robot chicken thing where he just starts laughing maniacally because he screwed the universe over. But I find it funny that the kind of like joke slash theories everyone has originally was going to be in the script. And then they're like, maybe don't put that in. Oh, my God. Just adding, just fanning the flames in the fire, dude. I... <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah, it was just like Sidious just being like, thanks, Jar Jar. <laughs> like, just to mock him. Like, you ruined the galaxy, you idiot. The Jedi have left And that's The Jedi have and left that, me. That is, huh? that is something that I'm pretty sure George did not have that intention around when he introduced Jar Jar. And frankly, I, I find it interesting that Jar Jar, like, like I said, uh, I've said in reviews we've done before, um, what, you know, the prequel trilogy is when I really watch like special featurette, like special features featurettes for, uh, for Star Wars. Um, episode three has a great one about like the return of Darth Vader and like their writing of the descent of Anakin into Darth Vader and the making of the suit. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's really good. Um, but episode one, like the documentary that of, of the making of episode one, Lucas fully believes Jar Jar is about to be a huge star with Star Wars and be beloved by everybody. And I find it interesting that he is hated. Like George Lucas really doesn't like correct what he did based on fan feedback very much. But I find it interesting that Jar Jar is so hated after episode one that he has almost nothing to do with episode two. And then he is like from ep in episodes two and three, he can be blamed for the Empire coming to power. It's I, I honestly wonder if Jar Jar's like, you know what? I got you fans. Here's a reason to actually hate him. He caused the Empire. He OK, it's a little I, I get what that argument is but I'm, I'm going to stick up for jar jar a little bit and he wasn't the reason that 
he didn't say, let's let him ha- keep his power forever and kill all the Jedi. Like, <laughs> I do, yes, he did. He gave him the power. He said, I recommend we give uh, immediate mer- emergency power to the Supreme Chancellor. To which everyone so he else then, agreed. He then gave him power. Well, this is how Hitler gained his power. I'm just being devil's advocate and saying that it's not all Jar Jar's fault. <laughs> he is part of. I'm not saying it's all Jar Jar's fault. It's like 85% his fault. Sure. But it's not 100% his fault. Your Honor, sure, my client did hit that person with his car, but he didn't premeditatively hit him with his car. <laughs> your, your Honor, my client may have loaded the magazine with bullets, put the magazine into the hand, into the handgun, uh, chambered around, and told the the told uh told. Uh, or may have told the person that actually fired the gun, kill that guy, I want him dead. But it's not his fault that the guy died. Yeah, the doctor was the reason he died, sir. (laughs) He didn't pull the trigger. He just put everything in motion that enabled the trigger to be pulled. (laughs) Uh, Off scot-free. I know that's not the legal term, but... Right. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, this... This is the best of the prequel trilogy, oh, um, okay. and I know that's not really saying much, but you know it it is enjoyable. Um, it's you know being the first PG thirteen Star Wars movie, uh, it definitely earns its rating for you know it is a darker story that um, they it's, I think it's like some extended universe thing like some novelization they talk about Darth Vader fell in a pool of lava and they change it in this one where like it, he's just next to the lava and he bursts into flames like they soaked his pants in kerosene or something but um it's it's a very differently told story than the rest of the prequel trilogy other than the love story the love story's still pretty hokey um acting can be pretty bad in parts um but i i do enjoy watching this movie um it's the only prequel trilogy where when i put in the blu-ray for this show i didn't go <sighs> as i put it in <laughs> i so, i give it a half pan um i can understand why you would give it a full pan um, and I, I don't mean like, I understand like why you Dan would, but I understand why someone would give it a higher rating than a half pan just because, you know, I gave episode one, a half pan and I'm giving this a half pan. This is a better half pan though. Uh, like I said, it's like getting half a pan of brownies with nuts or sprinkles on it. Like if you wanted to cheat and just do the a half pan of regular brownies, like if you wanted to cheat and bring the three quarters pan back. <laughs> Yeah, this this is the closest I've come to bringing the three quarters pan back. Is this movie? I get what you mean. Um, I I stand by what I said. I think this movie is fully a full pan. Um, again, my hatred of Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman in this film is the only reason it doesn't have sprinkles. I think this film is absolutely heartbreaking to watch. I think George Lucas and I and like I said, I think maybe Natalie Portman in this movie like. Her acting's bad in Attack of the Clones in at points, but in this movie, almost every line she has, it really seems like she's like, I have to be in this movie 
whatever. I'm I'm tired of getting reamed for all the hard work I put into these movies, and then they just like get destroyed. Yeah. Critically. No, for sure. Um, but no, this movie is heartbreaking to watch. I think George does a great job. I thought he scaled back at some. I thought he scaled back some of the hokier dialogue versus the other two films. Like, I actually really like most of the performances in this film other than part of part of me wonders if he brought someone in to help write the script like no part of me thinks maybe he brought someone in to be like hey here's the story help me with the dialogue no that's well at least not credited like if there's an uncredited script doctor maybe but no he was the solo writer on one and three and ironically he did have a credited co-writer on two (laughs) so (laughs) take that for what it's worth um (laughs) Was it every person that deemed his dialogue too stupid to be said on screen that ad-libbed was the co-writer? <laughs> You're right. That's a really strange credit. If anyone helped him, they were like, dude, here are my notes. I don't even want to get any royalties from this because I don't want my name on this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Whoever helped him for two had a personal vendetta and was like, I'm out to destroy this man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I – like, I mean, not to completely belabor it, I think this film is actually pretty great. Um, obviously, it's the best of the trilogy. Um, we're going to save an overall ranking for the end, I'd imagine, but this is definitely up there in the upper half for me. Like, I think this is definitely one of the best Star Wars films. Like, sincerely one of the best Star Wars films. Um, but, nope, I'm not going to make a list right now because I want to get to the end and let's save the... Let's actually... You're going to hear us brainstorm live right now Let's do a definitive Star Wars ranking. Should we do that at the end of Episode 8 or wait until Rise of Skywalker? Let's do it at the end of the Skywalker review. Okay. I like that idea. So at least as of right now, this is definitely in like the top five for me. Because I, I do genuinely really love this film, even though Hayden Christensen is terrible still. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, with that, we're going to take a very, very brief break and then let you know which film we're actually going to do next week because it might surprise you. All right, everybody, welcome back. The next film that we're going to watch on our Star Wars recap is not an episode film. It is going to be Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, we are following my second least favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> we are following the f- or at the okay. I've only seen it one time, so the time I saw it, that's what I thought. I it's I've literally not seen it since I saw it in theaters one time. I've only seen it the one time in theaters. Um, the, that's how it, little I thought of that movie. I dude, I am really not looking forward to watching this movie. I. I was at Walmart uh, last night, and so that movie came out two years ago. I I own every Star Wars movie on Blu-ray. I'm not kidding you. I didn't buy it until last night because I disliked this movie so much. I was like, I don't want to watch it again. But I was like, well, we're going to watch it for the show and also for my Star Wars collection. I need to just have it in there to have it complete. But, yeah, I do not think very highly of this movie. I, I definitely don't dislike it as much as you do, apparently, but I have only seen it the one time, and... Truth be told, I was a little sick when I saw it, so I wasn't feeling that great when I went into it. Um, but that aside, I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was great, though. Like, um, I mean, we'll give it a reappraisal and dive into it then. But 
Um, if you guys are wondering, wait, why are we jumping all the way to Solo? Uh, that is because we are going in narrative film order, not actual release order, which should have been evident yeah. by the fact that we started on episode one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're going we're going in order of how the, of of like the story. We're not going in release order. Exactly the the film narrative order. So. Um, if you're observant, that means in two weeks we're going to do Rogue One, and then we'll do the rest of the films from there. But, uh, but yeah, next week, from director Ron Howard, and starring uh, Alden Emmerich, Woody Harrelson, Emilia Clarke, Donald Glover, Tandy Newton, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. This cast is awesome. So why wasn't the movie as good Their as that? Their work is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is what we're going to be watching next week, is Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, Nick, let everybody know where they can reach out to us on social media. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema. Twitter, at Brownie underscore Cinema. And Instagram, Brownie underscore Points underscore Guide. Bowl of, uh, bowl of popcorn with a single brownie in it. The show logo is the profile picture on all three of those. And our email address is Cinema at gmail.com. And if you are listening to us and have not hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do that. We are here on Anchor.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Unless Play. you want Anakin to come find you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make us execute Order 66. Um. <laughs> Someone wakes up and he's just standing over there like, I just Order 66 in my pants. <laughs> the, the Sith just had a revenge in my pants. <laughs> 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 but yeah, if if you if you aren't subscribed, Master Skywalker, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Lost control of his bowels. The young one did. Can you imagine if Yoda ever had diarrhea? <laughs> Uncomfortable and painful. This is. <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's all the platforms that we're on. Uh, like I said, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to us and let everybody know um, that we're on those. And to give us a listen and spread the word, interact with us on social media. And uh, if anybody had noticed for these films, none of them had been streaming up to this point because of Disney Plus or the impending Disney Plus release. Uh, you can still stream solo uh, along with us on Netflix. It's still there for the time but being. But why would you? Yeah. <laughs> well, to join in Again, with us. Again, I have uh, really low opinions on this movie. I, I'm excited to give this a rewatch then. Like, I kind of wish we were watching this together. Like, kind of how you wish we saw Ad Astra together. Just so you can hear me yell. <laughs> <laughs> Talking Wookiee is not just gargling. <laughs> Man. Uh, but yeah, um, with that also, um, in case, uh, you wanted to backlog all the rest of these episodes, um, episode two is right behind this one. And then episode one is in our Joker episode. It's not its own separate episode, but, uh, yeah, as we allude to every week, we are going to be releasing one of these episodes every single week leading up to December 18th with the rise of Skywalker. So, uh, go ahead and continue to follow along with us um, as we recap all the live action films up to that point. Uh, and yeah, we with that, we will see you next week with uh, the films that we are going to be reviewing in our normal episode, along with our bonus episode of Solo. So we will see you then.
from my point of view, episode two's the worst one. <laughs> I was, my mom used to tell me the the cliche like if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all like I thought you were about say, to say your mom your mom used to tell you that you didn't need big muscles to get women or something no. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like this is a really weird time to start talking about your muscles Dan 